The Chargers have released their first unofficial depth chart of the season, and we agree with most of it, but there are definitely a couple guys who could be moving up. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, like tomorrow's interview with Daniel Popper, make sure you go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we get into the Chargers releasing their first unofficial depth chart of the 2023 season. Also, we get into John Hightower continuing to impress at Chargers training camp, and it just seems at this point that it may be his job to lose. And another NFL executive got the ability to say what he wanted without having to put his name on it, and he did not hold back on Brandon Staley. Yeah, and I will tell you one thing. A tier is not happy about it. I'm excited to get to that. But let's talk about this depth chart. And this is important. This is done by the PR team. This is not done by the coaching staff or the front office. This is very yeah, important to know that. Yes. That being said, it's not very far off, right? Like no. this is, is pretty, <laughs> you know, close to what we think it is. And I think in large part because there's not a lot of starting spots available. I mean, if you're talking about legitimate starting spots, you're talking about Wide receiver three, which on this list, you're only going two wide receivers because they include a starting fullback, which Xander Horvath has locked up on this list. But you also have the slot corner position in which it has Asante Samuel Jr. or Jasir Taylor, right? <laughs> I mean, I think we, I think that's pretty much what it is at this point, right? That's yeah. pretty close. Good job to the PR team. And yeah. I think when you're looking at this and where kind of the notable parts of it, I mean, there's no real surprise starters. Pretty much every starting spot is set in stone. I think if you're looking at guys who are too low, there's a couple of guys you could root for, but or a couple of guys you could pick from, I should say. But I think one of the things that stood out to me was just some of the rookies that are kind of buried on the depth chart right now, including Dayon Henley, who this has as the third string linebacker. And I don't even think that's super far off. It probably is around where he is right now. But David, that's a guy we feel I could definitely move up. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, Deion Henley, and, and it seems like he's starting to make some plays, too. I mean, he's starting to to get it. Things are starting to yeah. slow down a little bit. And and we heard from Eric Hendricks. Uh, I mean, hey, it took a long time for him to figure things out and to really feel comfortable. Uh, but I think one thing you, you have to be happy about with Deion is the athletic ability he brings to the table immediately. And it seems like he has the right attitude. He has the right work ethic. It seems like he's a guy that's going to be able to put it together pretty quickly so yeah i would not be surprised to see him rise up the ranks also i think scott matlock is another guy who i i see definitely you know rising up the ranks just because there's a lot of injuries in front of him i mean it's sebastian joseph day austin johnson otito obonia all those guys are dealing with injuries right now so scott matlock is definitely going to be in the mix he's going to get quite a few looks on the inside yeah, I mean, going back to Dayon Henley, though, showing up as third string, I mean, at the practices I've been at so far, right, which has been three, 
he has been behind Nick Neiman and Eamon Ogbong-Bamiga as far as the reps go. He hasn't been getting a lot of reps with the first team defense, and he has, I think, a good chance to move up in the preseason, but right now he is kind of buried on that depth chart. It's going to be a lot of special teams for him early on. Did have a couple of pass breakups over the weekend, according to Daniel Popper, which was nice to see because I think that is an area early on where he could try to come in and make a difference, you know, in certain packages. If they go a little bit smaller, if they're going more of a coverage look, I feel like he's a guy that can make his impact felt. The one thing about him, though, is even though I do think he could move up, I think he could potentially even get to the first linebacker on the field that's not named Eric Kendricks and Kenneth Murray, it's feeling increasingly less likely that he's going to catch Kenneth Murray, right? That is a position battle we talked about early on with what Kenneth Murray's campus looked like. That feels like it's pretty much out the window. This has, you know, on the unofficial depth chart, Kenneth Murray is the starting linebacker. That's likely what we're going to see week one at this point. Hard to imagine he's going to be able to do enough to go catch, you know, a starter right now being buried where he is. Scott Matlock, he's behind Nick Williams and Christopher Hinton, right? Nick Williams is an NFL veteran. Christopher Hinton is a guy that came, you know, to the Chargers last season and really tagged on and and was a positive kind of impact on that defensive line when they really needed it. Not surprised that before any preseason games have happened, that Scott Matlock is behind those guys. But I think for me, David, there's still... I still believe that Scott Matlock, when things are all said and done, is going to be a meaningful part of this defensive line rotation. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know who else is going to be able to provide some interior pass rush that's not named Morgan Fox. Because all the other guys that you have in that room, they're really guys that are really just brought in to stop the run and be, you know, guys that are going to be really difficult to move out of the way. I mean, they're, they're not guys that have pedigrees of being able to bring pass rush. And I think that's one thing that Scott Matlock did do at a pretty high level in college. And I feel like that's going to be able to translate at the NFL level. I feel like he has the motor. I feel like he has some moves already ready to go. And he's going to have the ability to learn from some really, really good pass rushers um, in that room with, you know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. So, I mean, I just think there's a great opportunity and obviously Morgan Fox too. I mean, Morgan Fox has looked fantastic in this training camp as well. So I think, that's a, a place where the Chargers can continue to get better. I mean, you ask a lot of quarterbacks, Daniel, where they feel the most uncomfortable with pressure. It's right up the middle. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers lack that interior pressure for so long that it's hard, you know, not to want as much of it as you can get, right? You were yeah. sold a bill of goods with Jerry Tillery. Morgan Fox has kind of turned into that. And I'm really interested to see what Nick Williams and Christopher Hinton specifically look like in pass rush situations. You also have Gerard Clark who's coming up at the bottom of this depth chart as well, who has a chance you know, to make some noise with some of the injuries. But there's some other guys that aren't rookies that could move up as well, including Isaiah Spiller, and that's going to be a big one this weekend. Oh, Isaiah yeah. Spiller right now behind Josh Kelly on this you know, unofficial depth chart. But unlike some of the other ones that we've seen on this, it's not an or situation, right? It's not Joshua yeah. Kelly or Isaiah Spiller like it is Asante Samuel Jr. or Jasir Taylor. Right. Yet it kind of feels like it should be an or. So that would be maybe a place where it's like, hey, this is one. I still feel like that job is very much up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, and at least in this camp, we've we've seen uh, where Isaiah Spiller has made some plays. I mean, it's been documented that, you know, he's he's looked good, especially in some short yardage situations. He's been able to be productive. So hopefully that translates in the games because that's where he's going to really be able to establish himself because I expect him to get, you know, quite a few carries in the preseason. So he should be able to have a real opportunity to show the coaching staff all of the work that he put in when it really matters, when you can break tackles and really show the physical nature of the game that you expect to bring 
Yeah, and for him, I mean, that's going to be such a big part of it because if anyone gets a hand on you right now, you're touchdown, right? Yeah, I, you exactly. saw Joshua Kelly have a 15-yard touchdown at the scrimmage. That was nice to see. Daniel Popper today said that at practice, they had four consecutive successful rushes with Isaiah Spiller, so I think that's nice to see as well, but obviously taken with a grain of salt. Sure. I think Mark Webb's another guy, David, where it's unofficial yes. on this, but right now he's listed as the third string safety right behind Raheem Lane, and that's another one that kind of feels very up for grabs going into the first preseason game. Yeah, like JT Woods, uh, I mean, it seems like the coaching staff wants to see Mark Webb be able to tackle, and, and so they're very much looking at, at evaluating him in the preseason as well. I think they see Mark Webb as a very versatile defensive back, a guy that they can kind of move around all over the place, a guy they can feel good playing safety, maybe playing a little bit of corner at times as well. I, I think Brandon Steely still has a, a lot of, of faith in Mark Webb and what he is capable of doing. So Mark Webb's making some plays. Hopefully he's able to stay healthy and he can continue making those plays in the preseason where he can actually put them on tape. Yeah, when your coach says the passing game has never been the problem for Mark Webb, <laughs> I think that tells you exactly where Clearly. you need to look at, right? I mean, and that's another thing too is like if you're going to keep a fourth safety with JT Woods, who hasn't proven he can tackle at this point, and we'll see a little bit more of it, but he got beat on a deep touchdown by John Hightower again today as well. That's not looking as promising as we were hoping at this point, but obviously yeah. something we were concerned about. But can you have two safeties backing up Alohi Gilman and Derwin James and neither of them can tackle? No. I don't know. I mean, well, no, yeah, you absolutely shouldn't, right? That's, yeah. that's where you should start. But maybe yeah. the person that was most egregiously ranked on this list was John Hightower, who comes in as a fourth, fourth string receiver. I mean, I have a problem with that because John Hightower started off as a guy, hey, it was great seeing a 50-yard touchdown day one of training camp. Okay, hey, maybe this is something in a super, super deep group to keep an eye out for. It keeps happening. And at this point, David, John Hightower is no longer a dark horse contender to make this roster. Like, he might be a favorite to make this roster. So we're going to talk about John Hightower's impressive camp and whether it even matters if Jalen Guyton comes back at this point or not coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy because August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. This is an entirely new way to play fantasy football, and I'm really, really excited about the best ball tournament that they have going on right now because all you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week for you, and all you have to do is try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, which is going on because... It is the largest fantasy football contest of all time, and it's back and better than ever with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner last year. The winner drafted their team in July. It's August, guys. What are you waiting for? Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball, and we're even working on a way to try to do our maybe our own little private draft for our listeners, which would be awesome, a little locked on Chargers league, but... All you have to do is visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. One of the worst-kept secrets so far at Chargers training camp is that John Hightower has been really, really impressive. And, I mean, it seems like at this point, David, he would kind of have to make himself undeniable to make this roster it's kind of what Undeniable looks like. It was what John Hightower has been able to do so far. And Daniel Popper from The Athletic, who you should be subscribing to to get every kind of practice report that you can ever get, 
And you can also come back tomorrow and watch him yourself because he is coming on the Locked on Chargers podcast to talk about everything that's happened at training camp so far. Probably even, hey, how worried should we be about the tackle position now that the Chargers are signing USFL players given their tackle definitely get into that another day. But can't wait to have Daniel Popper on. But I do want to talk about the article he wrote today about John Hightower specifically and him kind of, you know, his chances of making this roster, which seemed kind of far-fetched, David, but like with what he's done, and the amount of time he's done it, like it, it's starting to become less and less surprising that if he makes this roster. Yeah, I mean John John Hightower has been going crazy at practice, uh, and it's and it's all in the numbers. According to Daniel Popper's article, he said John Hightower has caught twenty seven passes in team Sidebar drills. Sidebar, really quick. The fact that Daniel Popper is tracking all the passes from every receiver he's a at Chargers training camp. And knows exactly how many receptions that John Hightower has compared to the other receivers. Bravo, sir. You are truly, I mean, going above and beyond. That is crazy. And I mean that in the most just positive way. It's absolutely incredible that you were able to yeah. do that. But 27 passes in team drills in training camp and only Keenan Allen has caught more with you know, an astounding 46. What, but, you, what does that even mean, man? <laughs> Keenan Allen has 19 more catches than anyone else at Chargers training camp so far. I know some guys have missed days, but, like, that's just still silly. I mean, hey, if it's a third down, who are you throwing to? You're throwing it to Keenan Allen. It's just how it works. Keenan Allen yeah. is an absolute machine. But, it, I mean, even further than that, it's just the eight touchdown receptions, which is the Ooh. most out of any wide receiver at all, period. You know, yeah. n- that's crazy. And the next four closest of them being was Keenan at three. Plus. Yes, yeah, Keenan had a... three, and John Hightower had eight. He had more 50-yard touchdowns than Keenan Allen had touchdowns total in all of training camp. John more Hightower 50-yard touchdowns than crazy. anyone has touchdowns at Chargers training camp. How wild is that? He has more 50-yard touchdowns than any other Chargers receiver or receiving option has overall touchdowns. In training camp so far. I mean, that's it, it sounds made up. And, like, if he was going to make the team, this is kind of what it had to look like. But eight touchdowns, I mean, in team drills so far. And then today what he does, right, as Popper put it, Easton Stick incomplete, you know, incomplete three straight passes in a two-minute situation where they have to go, right? They go for it on fourth down. They need a miracle, as he said it. And then John Hightower smokes JT Woods for a 53-yard touchdown uh, to kind of put a cap on the Chargers' offensive two-minute drive. So, I mean, he, he's done pretty much everything he can at this point. And I think at one part we, you know, of the offseason, we talked about, hey, could they keep seven wide receivers to try to keep this guy around? Assuming that Jalen Guyton would be that sixth receiver, would be that field stretcher for this team. And what we talked about then, and the everydayers I'm sure remember, was like, it's probably an either-or situation. And at this point, David, since Jalen Guyton hasn't been able to return from the PUP list yet, it kind of feels like it's John Hightower's job to lose whether or not Jalen Guyton comes back. Yeah, I mean, it does feel that way, but also for me, it's kind of hard just because Jalen Guyton has already built a rapport with Justin Herbert, has had, you know, on-field success, like, in NFL games, and has scored those touchdowns against NFL competition, and so for me... It's been extremely impressive what John Hightower has been able to do so far in practice and training camp. I do need to see that, you know, that type of dominance in the preseason as well. I need John Hightower to be the best receiver on the field because obviously the the other wide receivers are probably not going to see. You might see Quentin Johnston, but obviously you're not going to see Keenan or Mike. So John Hightower is going to get a ton of opportunities, but he has to be a a man among boys on the field to kind of complement what he's done in training camp as well. 
Yeah, but that's why I say it's his job to lose, right? Because he would have to go out there and really stink it up for him to not be considered for this roster at this point. So, like, if he can continue what he's been doing, I, I mean, how many times has Jalen Guyton looked like the best receiver on the field in a preseason game in his couple of years? You can't remember it because it hasn't yeah. happened, right? Like, it, it, I don't think he has to have a Herculean performance in the preseason, but I think if he continues to look good, I don't see a way that, you know, the Chargers don't consider him especially considering, you know, they kind of would play the same role. Jalen Guyton's a oh, little yeah. bit faster, right? I would say that John Hightower's game was a little bit more well-rounded. I mean, he was taken in 2020. They've been in the league the same amount of time pretty much. So, like, they, he's been around. He just hasn't been playing, obviously. And Jalen Guyton didn't play a lot last year and has played really only a lot of snaps in a couple of seasons. So, I, I think it's going to be pretty close. But, like, I think it's more about, hey, Jalen Guyton, can you come back and prove that you are fully back, that you are a true deep threat? Like, even though I know John Hightower has things to prove, I think Jalen Guyton has things to prove as well if they're going to keep him, especially because he doesn't bring a lot of special teams value. And I think the biggest thing about this is, like, we have clamored for explosiveness. We have said, oh, yeah. get more explosive offensively. Now you have this dude who's kind of falling in your lap, and he's doing everything in training camp that you hope to see, right? Like, that, that is all we wanted is what John Hightower has been bringing. Yeah, no, I mean, J Jalen Guyton's definitely uh, his his clock is ticking like the sand is pouring out of the hourglass for him. And it's going even faster because of the plays that John Hightower has been able to make. And, you know, he has been able to bring the explosiveness. He's been a guy that they've been able to stretch the field with. And if he continues to be able to do that, then, you know, this is the role for him. I mean, I think the Chargers have every other type of receiver that they want in that room except for that guy that can stretch the field. And John Hightower is definitely making that case and making that statement. And if he keeps continuing to perform like this, then yes, it may be a foregone conclusion. Yeah, and I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think at this point we can say the Chargers are going to be so much deeper at receiver, right? Even oh, yes. Whoever ends up on the practice squad is going to be, you know, one of those kind of guys that you feel much better about going into a game if their number has to get called on. And just because... John Hightower makes the team doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get 40 snaps a game either, right? Oh, like, it'd just be still more of a reserve role. But a guy that can legitimately stretch the field, and I've just been super impressed with just his all-around game as well. He is a 4-4-3-40 guy coming out of college. He definitely has that speed. I think one of the most impressive things is when he actually played for the Eagles as a fifth-round pick, he dropped a bunch of balls. And that was yeah. kind of his calling card, and, like, his hands have been very solid. He's had a really, really good rapport with Justin Herbert so far, which is surprising because, I mean, they had a little bit of reps last year, but, like, obviously not very much. And also, shout out to Chris Beatty, right? Like, another kind of reclamation project, for lack of a better term. I mean, did it last year with DeAndre Carter. We've seen what he's been able to do for Mike Williams. We've seen the progression of Joshua Palmer. I mean, this dude seems to be a true guru, and maybe he might not be staying around for too long if he can keep – you know, kind of producing the uh, impressive results that he has so far. Well, it's development, Daniel. It's all about the development. And, I mean, I think there's only been a couple of different examples where we can point to a coach and being able to say that guy was able to make his position better and deeper and more versatile. And I think yeah. you look at that wide receiver room and you see a bunch of guys that now can do a bunch of different things to hurt you. Absolutely. And you feel like they have the right guy guiding them to do it. And I, I just love – the progression and the guys we've seen kind of develop over the last couple of years. One of the biggest things under Brandon Staley is I just feel like we've seen so much more development, young players getting better for all the things you have, you know, against him. 
it's hard to argue that guys haven't been developing well underneath him. I agree. But according to one anonymous NFC executive, he's a bad coach with a terrible roster. And we're going to talk about why that GM. With a great why roster. That, yeah, with a great roster. We're going to talk about why that executive is saying that and also why I think it's definitely an old man and why Justin Herbert should never be mentioned in the same breath as Troy Aikman coming up right after this. All right, everydayers. I mean, we were planning on doing more fan mail stuff today, but also we didn't know the depth chart was coming out today. We didn't know some guy was going to go on a tirade and just absolutely flame brain and stay away today. So a lot has to happen. But I will tell you that a tear. You're going to want to hear what he has to say at the end <laughs> about the, the Staley haters. Don't go on his Twitter and see the R-rated version at all. Don't do that. But <laughs> I do want to talk about Brandon Staley because he's obviously been a polarizing coach. We see you guys in the content in the comments, right? We know how Chargers fans feel about Brandon Staley. And I think we've been plenty critical of him as well, right? But like at, at the end of the day, the best case scenario for the Chargers is that Brandon Staley is good. But yeah. Matt Lombardo, who you know works for... I think touchdown buzz. I kind of forget where he was, but he was putting together a list of coaches that are on the hot seat and he was putting, you know, anonymous quotes from executives around the league and who they thought were on the hot seat going into this season, head coach wise. The first guy that pops up on that list is Brandon Staley. And this is what he ended. He did not mince words, David. This is what he said. The Chargers would be in a situation to watch their cheap. So I don't think they want to actually fire him. First of all, the Chargers have done a ton of things that would prove they're not cheap over the last couple of years. We'll keep getting into more issues from this. But Brandon Staley is a really bad coach with a great roster. Sidebar, pretty decimated roster. But obviously, they should be doing more than they have. Back to this. If they don't, they just paid that quarterback. And if they don't win now, Justin Herbert isn't getting any younger. It blows my mind that they don't win. If Jerry Jones had Justin Herbert, the head coach would have been fired two years ago guaranteed okay what's the difference between herbert and troy aikman nothing in my opinion they're smart accurate big arm great guys and leaders off the field they should be rolling but they haven't been nfc personnel executive anonymously said this so what David, the 1994 uh, <laughs> is going on around here a lot to break down there but wh- where do you want to start with that i mean <laughs> my goodness I mean, first of all, they're cheap. H- hello, they've made five or six different players the highest paid at their position. Justin Just Herbert being yeah. the most recent example. Derwin James, Joey Bosa. I mean, the Corey Lindsley. The list goes on and on and on. Also, we got a brand new facility that's going to be available next yeah. off season. So, I'm sorry, I just don't agree with that. And and also, I mean, my goodness, I did not know until I went back and looked at the stats. But comparing Justin Herbert to Troy Aikman should absolutely never, ever happen. Absolutely not. I, I mean, and also, Jerry Jones would have fired Brandon Staley two years ago, even though Brandon <laughs> Staley's only been the coach for two years. So, I mean, that part is a little interesting, especially to Brilliant. guarantee that. To guarantee that is, is something, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, the thing is, like, you know, we've been critical of Staley. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not a, a Brandon Staley apologist. And there, there's obvious bad things that he's done, right? I mean, we'll talk oh, about that. But yeah, listen to this. Troy Aikman, right? This must have been an old man. Like, it oh, had yeah. to have been an old man, 100%. Plus, there's no, you know, women in sports in that high of power conversation for another time. But Troy Aikman had four seasons with more interceptions than touchdowns, right? 
four seasons of that, four of his 12 seasons, he had more interceptions and touchdowns. You could tack on two more, so basically half of his seasons, he either had more interceptions and touchdowns or he had one more touchdown than he did interceptions, right? Here's another thing. Most touchdowns Troy Aikman ever threw in a season, 23. Justin Herbert in his worst statistical season last year had more than that. He's With had more than fractured that. rib cartilage. Exactly. And it is a different time, right? Like, also, respect to Troy Aikman, you know, won three Super Bowls, six-time Pro Bowler for sure. It was sure. a different time. Oh Justin Herbert is on an entirely different planet of quarterbacks than Troy Aikman was. I mean, yes, Troy Aikman, super talented, played with a loaded roster, played with, you know, one of the best coaches ever, had a tremendous running game, had a defense, all of those things, right? There was plenty that went into it. This is definitely oh, a QB yeah. win stat kind of a guy that's saying this. Oh, yeah. But also, I mean, Troy Aikman, 15 fourth quarter comebacks in 12 seasons. Justin Herbert has 10 and three. Right. Like it, it's just we're talking about completely different animals here. But like, it, yeah, I mean, David, it, it, it's it's so funny trying to compare old guys, you know, with guys like Justin Herbert when it's just like the type of athletes today are totally different. I don't want to just come off as disrespectful to, you know, one of the greats for sure. But like, don't look back at too many of those old Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You will not be impressed by the numbers that you see. No, you're going to be angry. I mean, you can sit in here looking at Justin Herbert for through his first three years, 5,000-yard season, 40-plus yeah. total touchdown season, and yeah. then you look at Troy Inkman's stats and you see the most yards he ever threw was 3,445 and, and only 23 passing touchdowns. It's just, man, okay, I mean, definitely a different time. And, yeah, I mean, you <laughs> consider the, the, the those Dallas Cowboys teams, they were running down people's throats. I mean, they, they oh, had sure. Emmett Smith, who won, you know, one of the best running backs of all time. But – yeah, I mean, those guys should never be in the same conversation. I mean, they're really not that similar at all. But it's pretty crazy that this guy just went on a absolute tirade. And the one thing I, I guess I will have to agree with is Brandon Staley is on the hot seat a little bit because sure. of the playoff success, Daniel. You have to have it at this point in time. It's not that you have to have it in your third year. It's you have to have it in your third year when Justin Herbert is your quarterback. And that's that part it. of his argument, I totally understand. Your expectations yeah. are different when Justin Herbert's your quarterback. Getting to the playoffs and losing, getting to the playoffs and blowing that lead is unacceptable. But yeah. it's also a coach in his second season that's had two winning seasons so far, took a battered team to the playoffs last year. But the bad side of that is also played his starters in Week 18 in a meaningless game and got Mike Williams hurt. And yeah. also, you know, just the fact that the defense has been bad under him, right? It's Very getting bad. better, but this is like a, a huge season in so many ways. So I don't even disagree with him on the hot seat. It was yeah. just a lot of funny ways to kind of put him oh, on yeah. there. The one person that anonymous executive does not want to see in the streets, though, our buddy Atir. Listen why. Dan, David, this is Atir. This is what I wanted to say. Everyone hate my coach. Everyone want my coach to be fired. The guy in San Francisco, Coach Shanahan, he get all his flowers. He has done nothing. Let's be honest. What team success? He has lost in the Super Bowl. He has lost in the championship games. He has done nothing. Why can he catch the heat and my coach does? Let me hear you. Please love you. Thank you. A tear. The only guy making it on, you know, the non-family shows. It just worked too perfect. But a tear, I mean... 
the thing is, is I don't think we'd be having this conversation if Brandon Staley had made it to a Super Bowl or, you know, three NFC Championship games, including two back-to-back. There's no NFC maybe about it. We're just games. not. Like, no, we're not having this conversation at all. I mean, it, well, and also we're Kyle Shanahan doesn't have Justin Herbert, right? That's no. another important part of yeah, that Brock conversation. Is, yeah. yeah. Well, and made a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. With Jimmy G, yeah. Right? Which, like, yeah, you know. He's not that great. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see this year with the Raiders, obviously. But... I mean, it, to Blade Devil's advocate, though, a tear. I'll come to your side for this one. Kyle Shanahan may be a little bit overrated, right? So two division titles in six years. Obviously, Brandon Staley has zero. I'm not comparing the two. But 49ers also have a you know loaded roster, of course. And he's been buoyed a little bit by having some of the best defenses in the league, which he's oh. not a defensive coach. So, you know, Brandon Steele is not getting credit for what the Chargers offense is doing, right, or taking the heat. So it's hard to give Kyle Shanahan credit for what that defense has been able to do during his time. Best defense in 2022, ninth in 2021, 17th in 2020, 8th in 2019. I mean, Justin Herbert would kill for the 17th ranked defense, 100%. right, like My for goodness. sure. And also, I mean, their points per game for the 49ers, I mean, probably not as good as you'd think. 6th in 2022, which is good. 13th in 2021, 21st in 2020. Second in 2019, 21st in 2018, 20th in 2017. So for being an offensive guru, right? I mean, he's had a lot of injuries to his quarterbacks, which have pretty much, you know, accounted for a lot of that. Still maybe a little bit overrated, but hey, I mean, I, w- I would have taken any of his like coaching tree guys as the Chargers offensive coordinator any of the last three years. And I mean, he is undoubtedly a very smart offensive mind but Atir, i'm just going to be on your side just because you know i love you and you you know you're the best for always calling hey i'm on your side always too Atir. of course but that is going to wrap things up for today's show make sure you guys are back here every day is for daniel popper who's been at every single chargers training camp practice so we can break that down with him to make sure you don't miss it go subscribe or follow for free on the lockdown Chargers youtube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from you can also find us on all of our social media me at dan talk sports on x or twitter david at dro talk sd and the show's page at Locked on LAC. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked on Chargers and our Locked on Chargers Facebook page. But make sure you're back here tomorrow. Big time interview with the Athletics. Daniel Popper talking all things Chargers training camp. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.